Well, we are here at the roastery, not in the coffee shop today with Benji. Cool. Um, how about you tell us a little bit about yourself, Benji? I'm Indonesian, mm. lives in Australia since 2003, and I'm doing coffee just like you. Yeah? Yeah. And uh, what's your involvement with coffee? Um, uh, so basically what I do mainly is to promote Indonesian coffee. Okay. Um, as you know, I go to Origin and buy coffee and uh, speak with directly to the farm and mm-hmm. um, making sure that coffee is well-produced, well-picked, but mm-hmm. I do also bring the coffee and roast it here to promote directly to the customers. Basically, I was born in Sulawesi uh, in one of the coffee islands in Indonesia. Cool. Uh, eastern part of Indonesia, to be precise. Mm-hmm. And uh, But I grew up mainly in Indonesia, I mean in Jakarta, mm-hmm. uh, which is in the island of Java. Yeah. What's the culture like different? Like we're coming from there, you come here. Was it like weed growing up? Oh. Uh, it's a little bit more conservative, uh, a little bit more, there's a lot of things, a lot of social pressures and stuff like that yep. back home. But in Australia, what I like is there's a lot more freedom yep. to express yourself. Mm-hmm. That's why I believe people here are a lot more creative. So that's why I decided to stay here. What made you decide, you know what, I'm going to start working with these coffee farmers? And I have to be honest, coffee, coffee was a passion that I found later. So... When I was growing up, yeah, because I grew up in Indonesia, and most of the friends that I have are spoiled, so they're like they already know what they're gonna gonna be, yeah, you know, right. like oh, my, my, my dad, yeah, pretty them. much. Yeah, yeah, my dad yeah. does this. Oh, what does your dad do? What does your mom do? You know, oh, uh-huh. I have a factory. This doing this, doing yeah, yeah. herbal medicines or whatever it is, you know, manufacturing Some fancy stuff. So, yeah. but it, usually the typical situation: you grow up, you go mm-hmm. to uni, you come back, and you continue and just keep going, rinse and repeat, you know. Mm-hmm. Get married early and all that kind of stuff, which I didn't do that. But, you know, um, basically there was a turning point in life where I just had to hone in and think uh, myself, mm-hmm. uh, gathering all the strength and the weaknesses um, of my personal self. Interesting. That's cool. And that generated, so after understanding a lot about myself and what I like, what makes me happy, I think that is the most important. 100%. You got to be happy. Uh, to be able to find what you're really passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, so definitely hospitality, definitely meeting people, definitely talking with people. Um, and I have passion for Indonesia. So that gathered together, I decided to do hospitality, actually, not coffee. Okay, so it started with hospitality. I wanted to do hospitality without going to school. So then uh, I thought, okay, the first thing I might need to do, maybe instead of, because I don't want to work nighttime, yeah. So I was like, oh, you know what? Let's do coffee school. You oh, know, like a typical, day, yeah, 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 typical nice. coffee school stuff, you know? So yeah. you do their coffee, coffee school stuff, you know, like um, the basic stuff. Uh-huh. Versus, to be honest with you, it was so boring that day. <laughs> yeah. I did, did not really find it very, very extremely exciting yeah. because I didn't really have the appreciation for it yet. You uh-huh. know? But right. my focus was, I'm going to get this so I can get a job mm-hmm. in maybe like a five-star hotel and then yeah. work my way up. Because that's hospitality is about hard work, right? The yeah. passion and hard work, yeah, and just keep right. doing and honing, right? Yeah. And then I remember that day. At the end of the day, the 
trainer was mentioning about everyone should get early in the morning and then go to different coffee shops and start trying different coffees. So like a sort of cafe hopping sort of thing. Yeah, try yeah. try try different coffees because they all taste different and all that kind of stuff. So I love food. I grew up in a family that cooks and everything. So I love my food. Like I, there's no point of traveling the world. Yeah. Without eating. You know. I totally agree. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So you know, so you, I, I love my food. I love tasting stuff. I like understanding how taste works and everything. Mm. So that's part of my passion that I, I know I have inside, but I don't know how to apply it or how to yeah, yeah, yeah. hone it, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, so I did exactly that the next morning. That was in 2010, and the school was close to Galleries Victoria. Mm-hmm. And back in the day, there was Workshop Espresso and all that kind of stuff. Yes. You know, yeah, back yeah. in the day, Workshop Espresso was doing like, I don't know, close to 120 kilo a week. Probably so was so probably the busiest coffee shop in the city, you know? Probably, yeah. yeah. When I went to Workshop Espresso, I was like saying, oh, there's Ethiopian coffee, there's Gallo coffee that time. Yeah. And there's so many different coffees. So I assume they all taste different. Yes. And you start thinking, oh, wow, it's very, it's actually different. And yeah. I know growing up there is coffee in Indonesia, but I never knew that each of the things are different. So what I wanted to do and wanted, it made me curious to want to know more about product, the taste, the everything. Yeah, like yeah the process. Everything the process and everything. So mm-hmm. when I did my coffee school, it was just like I finished it off, you know, I did it. You know, there was the latte, latte art phase because uh-huh. you, you kind of like want to be... Uh, try to be as good as you can, you know. I always focus on taste. I always wanted to make something that tastes good. When yeah. I calibrate my coffee, for example, during training, yeah. I was like, uh, oh, yeah, I got to make sure that the the texture is right, the timing yeah. is right, the bitterness is not yeah. dead, you know, just trying to balance with my own logic of, yeah. of what is a good taste, yeah. you know. Um, I always have that in me, but that's because I grew up in a very good environment where mm-hmm. my family actually teaches me about what to pick and all that kind of stuff, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. So that is when I found like, okay, I'm going to do coffee. I yeah. want to have a coffee shop that promotes Indonesian coffee. Mm-hmm. I'm going to roast myself. I'm going to try to wholesale and everything like that. I want to basically a control freak about everything. Like, so I can make sure the product can be presented as something great. Yeah. Because remember that uh, if, if I would during my research, Indonesian coffee is still, even though I'm for myself an Indonesian is very mysterious because no one really understands the Indonesians don't know what it is. The right. foreigners knew it as a coffee that is wild. Mm-hmm. Some people say it's the wild, wild waste of the coffee world because sometimes you can get this amazing, unique 90 plus coffees. I mean, it's really hard, but mm-hmm. there is. Yeah. And sometimes you just get really, really inconsistent, yeah. really bad. You know, yeah. this is like a lot of mixed feelings about yeah. about Indonesia, you know? Mm-hmm. And I love the idea of going against the current. Yes, being a different one. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I love uh, challenging myself to be able to, to, to flip that idea or mm-hmm. flip that mindset or act, or just inspire some so they understand why they need to do good or things like this. Yeah. So I want to, I want people to see that Indonesia can produce quality product. Mm-hmm. So now you've built, you built this shop, right? Yes. What's your shop code for everybody listening? Uh, it's called the Kion Harris. It's in Eltimo across the Powerhouse mm-hmm. Museum, diagonally across the Powerhouse Museum. Yeah. So uh, I designed, that was my first uh, way of expressing my, my passion for Indonesia and coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously great service and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, that's the, the that's the shop. It's right there. <laughs>
<laughs> nice. And so, okay, so like you've built this thing and like now you're dealing with the farmers and I, I guess for everybody listening on the podcast, I want them to, I guess, hear from you the sort of farmers you deal with, like what you guys are all about with the people, you know, try um, to, trying to just grow that whole industry over there. So right. uh, when I built, when I started in the beginning, I have a very strong idealistic mind about how things should be and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. I mean, I still do have it in me, but it's just that the way I express it is a little bit more different with more wisdom and cool. more. But in the beginning, I needed to be like that because, you know, the coffee is like image is so bad. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the irony is one of the best world best producer is there. Mm-hmm. But this, the best producer in Indonesia doesn't want to supply coffee to any roasters in Indonesia because of how people cannot really appreciate good, right? You it know, feels like good, it will good, ruin yeah, it. yeah, good. Like doesn't really understand the uh, the the value of a brand mm-hmm. that is respected and things like this. And you know, like for example, let's not only talk about coffee. Let's say if we if we um, you know like pirated DVDs. Yeah. Right? It's the same. Like, you can have a coffee called Toraja coffee. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because Toraja is the name of a village. Mm-hmm. There's some sort of ownership for the people that is local or for the people that is um, Indonesian to think like, hey, it's the name of a, it's not a brand. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's a name of my village. It's the name of my pride. Right, so I can put that. To it. Yeah. yeah. So it dilutes the value of a brand. A little bit. Mm-hmm. So, you, but the first coffee I brought in mm-hmm. was the best producer that ever ever produced Indonesian coffee in in the world, which yeah. is uh, Pete Tuarco Jaya, mm-hmm. and they're from Sulawesi. Yeah. But later during the trade and later during exploring and understanding more about uh, during my travel and more about how they did it, how to achieve it is actually very very difficult because mm-hmm. it took them forty years of work until today. Yeah. Uh, where the first 10 years, you're really not really making anything, yeah. you know, because there's no infrastructure, there's no knowledge. Yeah. There's so many people that doesn't, like people don't understand that villagers in Indonesia, um, they don't really get uh, access to education very well. So right. most of the farmers, they only, let's say, graduate primary school. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't even reach middle school because they can't afford pay to pay middle school, right? Yeah, so wow. that's why they're stuck as a farmer. Yeah. But also, our country relies a lot on agriculture and relies a lot on farmers because, apart from because we need them, it's yeah. like um, that's why uh, the government also give them benefits mm-hmm. of using land, how they can use the land to yeah. grow their crop. Mm-hmm. They're they're, they're given given a lot of access as well mm-hmm. towards um, to be successful. You know. Yeah, yeah. As a trader or as a as a farmer that can produce something that make m- more money for them, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's very rare to find those in Indonesia because simply because of the situation of the country and the quality of the human resource, right, the quality okay. of education that mm-hmm. affects the quality of the human resource. And when you talk about the challenges that the people face in terms of like education or mm-hmm. growing up and um, opportunities. You know, like when it comes to the coffee, like the coffee that you bring to Australia, how does that help with all the social problems? And I'm sure people listening are probably interested to know when they buy their coffee from, let's say from the queue or from coffee doctors or wherever, um, how are they helping others through their purchasing of their coffee when it comes to Indonesia? 
Oh, it comes to Indonesia. I think generally, the more coffee you buy, yeah, the more support you give them. Of course, so right? Drink so if it's a day sort of thing. I mean, it could be like that. <laughs> or if you really love the idea of the coffee and how to support, it's basically for us, for mm. me, that direct, uh, that actually buy direct from the farm and know them personally and mm-hmm. always. See, I don't. I always my policy is to stay loyal and buy the from the same producer, despite uh, fluctuation in season, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. During my travel, it's like you you can get good coffees, you mm-hmm. can get amazing coffees. Yeah, you gotta you gotta, but you gotta meet the producer to be able to do that, which yeah. I think is just very hard for roasters or mm-hmm. for coffee company to do that because you one you don't understand the culture, yeah. two is like. Um, that the knowledge difference and the gap is so mm-hmm. different. Yeah, yeah, and there's and there's a lot of other stuff, you know, non-technical social mm-hmm. stuff, which is like uh, one area can be a Muslim area, right, one like area can be Christ, Christian area, yeah. one area can be a, uh, Bali could be a Hindu area, you know, mm-hmm. like. But there's a lot of tourism, so people are more chill and beach and all that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah. So so you gotta work and you gotta maximize and really be creative as well on how to source. Mm-hmm. When it comes to you like dealing with these farmers mm-hmm. that you choose to directly deal with and then bring their coffee, what like what do you learn from them? Like what when you deal with, when you talk with them and you, you hear their um, stories, like what do you learn? They're very simple. Okay. I'm not saying stupid, but I'm like I mean sometimes we are caught up with uh, a lot of stress and all this kind of stuff, yeah. and we feel like, oh, we don't want to work like as a farmer because it's like it's we're not going to be happy and all that kind of stuff. Right. But on the contrary, actually, they are very extremely happy people. Mm-hmm. They're very gentle people. They're very yeah. nice. You just gotta speak. Maybe like you gotta be. I mean, the pace is slow. Okay. The workload is is a lot. Yeah. And it's tough. Mm-hmm. Um, but they take it day by day and with time, you okay. know, and very family oriented. Yeah, they're very genuine, and when they trust you, they really want to give something to you properly. They don't want to cheat you and things like this. If you're not fair with them, yeah, yeah, you're one, you're not gonna get a good coffee, yeah. they're never gonna give you the coffee again, yeah. you know, and all that kind of stuff. And then you should feel bad morally. Um, but also, there's a lot of, um, I think, sometimes misunderstanding. Because they're just not educated enough that mm-hmm. oh, if you don't, achieve, I can pay you this much, but if you don't achieve the quality I need, yeah, I'm not gonna be able to buy the coffee for you. You need to sell it to someone else. But for them, it's different. For them, it's like oh, you want to buy coffee? You like my coffee? Cool. This is the effort that I put in, and then okay, you want it like that? Okay, he he repeats it. Yeah. But then he doesn't have have the under fully probably he's he doesn't have the full understanding of like. Oh, when I did it before, it was like drying for 20 days because the weather is, uh, the sun was not very, you know, was, was more, 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 uh, has lower temperature, ambient, yeah. and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. There's a lot more clouds and things like this. You actually can learn that stuff mm. to understand the effect of this environment does to yeah. the cup of coffee, right? Uh-huh. To, to the cherries or to the beans. Mm-hmm. The traders, they, we live in the city. Like I live, I never live in a farm. Yeah. I never own a farm. Yeah. I live in the city, right? Yeah. I would never understand this stuff. I have to learn this stuff uh-huh. to help them make a product that I want. So that's how I give back to them so they can be continuously successful. Before you mentioned about like how different families, so it's very family oriented, 
right? Mm-hmm. All these coffee farms in Indonesia. So do you find that when you go there and then let's say these farmers, they, they get this wealth from growing the coffee, do you find that a lot of the family also share in that together or is it more like a single person and he decides to distribute it? Or do you find that it's much more like helping the whole family out as one? The problem with a lot of farmers is they don't really know how to control their finances, right? Okay. Yeah, that's why uh, you can give them money and usually they will spend it. They, they, they think very extremely simple. Like okay. how, many, how much of rice do I need a year to survive? Am I going to plant rice or so not? Very how many kids? Sort of people. Yeah, how many kids do I have? I yeah. have, let's say, 10 to 15 kids or something like this, yeah. you know? Which is quite common. Which is quite, quite common, yeah. you know, quite common. Um, and maybe one of them wants to become a farmer or mm-hmm. a few of them becomes a farmer. The rest, they're going to want to work in the city because yeah. they feel like, oh, if you go to the city, you're going to get more income and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Um, but generally, they share the, the, the they share in the family. Right. They will re- be re- redistributed in the mm-hmm. family. Yeah. Yeah. More as like I guess to continue living. You know? Yeah, of course. Like a lot of right. Do you think that there's a there's a um a goal that should be aimed for to educate farmers Usually, what to do once they have once they do start doing I well? mean do you, you can and you can, but yeah. you also can't because you don't have the time to always be there. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you you can, but you just need to continuously communicate with them. Or oh, this is what you need to do. This mm-hmm. is uh, not what you need to do. This is uh, what you should do. It's up to you. Right. So you're still you still give them the freedom as well. Anyway, you have to. Yeah, yeah, you, you have, have to. to. You have to. You, you know, if you, but the thing is like respect, right? Like yeah. it's polite. You know, we're in Asia, so it's all about how you respect them, how they trust you. Can they mm-hmm. can they survive? And if they are if they are doing if you show them because there are passionate farmers, there are lazy farmers. So you gotta okay. pick as well, right? You gotta pick, yeah. Yeah. So not everybody's um, an amazing farmer. The job is not for everyone. Yeah. You know, the partnership is not for everyone. Yeah. The knowledge is also not even though it's free, it's not all for everyone. Because yeah. it's up to you whether you wanna take it or you don't want to take right. it. Yeah. Right? You That's like right. it, you do it. You know, mm-hmm. you think it's seriously all about your about intent it. and what you actually want to Correct. achieve from it. Yeah, you sincerely want to do well, or you just want to do it because oh, uh, people say it makes a good income. You know, and do you find true. that over time, after you dealing with these farmers, you can start to see that the ones that you have chosen, yeah. you can see that some actually do reinvest and and think doing social yeah, good yeah, 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 yeah. Usually um, farmers that have a, at least a university or okay. diploma background. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, 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 cause we, we naturally, I think as Indonesian have a trading mentality embedded while the moment we're born as Indonesian, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but not so much about passion, right? Okay, yeah. I, th- this is why I think Australia is awesome because Australia is like, people are super educated, like, the the system is uh, is is good. Yeah, people have choice. People yeah. have freedom mm-hmm. because they have passion. You know, passion for for whatever it is they're doing. For whatever it is yeah, they're doing, you know, passion. they they yeah. understand that. Mm-hmm. But for us, we strive so hard. Yeah, we got no time to think about that stuff. Right. Okay. You understand? I mean, you, you you know you it's know more what about I mean? survival. Like, yeah, because the priority is so different when yeah. you grow up as a farmer, right? Like but, you, yeah, you gotcha. don't have. They have to make a lot of babies so to keep it going. To keep it going, yeah. You know, to keep the farming so much going. labor. Yeah, because out of ten, there'll be like maybe 
one or two that is passionate that wants to do it again. Right. That thinks, yeah. So it's like a 10% and, chance of all your kids. Yeah. So, so they might not necessarily know that they're passionate about it, yeah. but, you know, but they love, they appreciate it and they love doing it and they just do mm-hmm. it. They just continue and just continue. Yeah, it's just... It's all about survival and yeah. how can we make this work so that we can yeah. feed our family for the next season or yeah. the next year. Whatever and it might be. Say, same for us that grow up in a higher social class. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. about protecting our stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. Get, not letting you know, it not get letting it. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah you got to grow it bigger because so you can, you know, so you can, sur- it's still about survival. Yeah. Because yeah. the mentality is like, because they were there, mm-hmm. we worked so hard, we need to protect this. Don't let anyone in and things like this. Yeah, but, well, well, you know, so it's it's. Uh, and we talked about like the social aspect with all the, with all the people, the families, and how you know their education. Yeah. When it comes to the environment for Indonesia, um, what what is the coffee industry doing over there that you've seen firsthand to help with the environment as well? E- ecosystem and all this kind of yeah, stuff, like, type of environment, like shade or trees or. You know things that that are being done yeah. uh, by the farmers to help you know make coffee sustainable and our farmers are very the traditional type. Okay. So traditional types, they they they're very old school. They don't really have much. They can feel. They don't know. The, right. The, it, they don't know the science. The thing. Yeah. But it's actually the science of the thing. Yeah. But it's all about the feel. So the feel like experience. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and and farming can be very extremely philosophical, mm-hmm. like about life and sustainability, ecosystem and environment. Because yeah. you you cannot take a bit out of the land and you don't replace it with any nutrients back to the land. Mm-hmm. Technically and scientifically it's like that. So that's why they always have uh, you take and you give back. Mm-hmm. You know, you take and you give back. Yeah. You know. So that's why like things like shade trees it's always recommended to give some the not the to give uh, nutrients back to the. Do you land. want to explain to um, the people listening like what shade trees is, so they can kind of like understand on the podcast like why they do the shade trees? Uh, basically, it's a tree that that needs to grow higher than a coffee tree, mm-hmm. and it provides shades so it doesn't ripe too quick. It gives them a perfect microclimate mm-hmm. for it to grow. Yeah. But mainly, but mainly as well, you need to selectively pick the right tree because then this tree can affect the coffee trees if the tree actually absorbs a lot. Uh, it's, it's a greedy tree. Takes all the nutrients from the soil. Yeah, it takes yeah. all the nutrients from the soil and doesn't give the coffee more of the nutrients. You know, right, so yeah. you you gotta calculate. There's a math behind this. There's yeah. a calculation. So not behind just a this. feeling now. There's like an actual. Yeah, there's an actual knowledge behind this. But yeah. for the farmers, they don't know if they plant it and it happen to be there. Oh, cool. So yeah. they'll figure some. They'll work their way around it and they'll yeah. figure out how. Yeah. But then it's gonna cost them more because they're gonna have to feed it with fertilizers right. or manures or things like this mm-hmm. to 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 maintain keep up. It. Yeah, yeah to keep up. And they yeah. just don't understand why they need to do that, but. They will. Yeah. They're like, oh, this tree just happened to like to eat a we lot. Need, we need more nutrients for yeah, this region because or to keep him healthy, I need to put this. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, you know. But some people, they they just like, oh, it's too much for for me to keep giving this tree. Yeah. But this tree is different by itself. You know. And, and for, for them, do they also understand like the the effect it has <coughs> on the animals and the life the the life that live around there as well? They grow up with it. They kind of understand it, but they are part of it. 
Okay, yeah. So, so they, this is Indonesia, yeah? We're yeah, talking about yeah, Indonesia. Indonesia. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah they, 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 they understood it. Mm-hmm. Most most farmers, you see, even the one in the one I just met in Australia, in yeah. Mount Tamarine, yeah. yeah. They understand all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but the more technical, I guess, a term is, is like biodynamic farming or things like this, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, where, where it actually, you don't put a lot of fertilizers and all that kind of stuff. You just balance the environment, balance the nature, because you have microbes and stuff like that to, to think about, yeah. to create the ecosystem, to actually create uh, a fertile soil so that mm-hmm. soil keeps getting nutrients yeah. and things like that. Right. If there's something missing, what part of the environment that they need to tweak yeah. in order to naturally give the nutrients back. Now, now that you said that it's like just part of their life to do the shade trees or to do these things that help protect the wildlife as well as give a good mm. coffee-growing climate, um, do they with intent try to keep growing that part of the coffee side? Like, because obviously they can every you year... You mean uh, to protect the environment? Yeah, do they? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, farmers are actually probably one of the most knowledgeable mm-hmm. and concerned about environment. When they see, uh, oh, how come the land has become a little bit more red? Right. Like the soil is, there's no more, not more much trees, a little bit more dry, yeah. things like this, you know. There'll be one, most of the farmers probably just like, that's because that guy does this. Or let's say not, uh, not that guy. That's, that's because we don't plant this anymore because okay. we're opening buildings and stuff like that. We're right. building more roads. But then there'll be one type of farmer that will think very deeply about, but if we keep doing this, it's, you know, we're going we're gonna to erode the soil and yeah. then it's not going to be safe to live in that area too. And then yeah. things are going to go like, you know, you're going to have a landslide and things like this. Mm-hmm. So we need more stronger roots to be planted around there, you know? Yeah. And things like this. Because... Um, it not necessarily mean the guys that want to, or people that want to create infrastructure there understands about that. Yeah. You know, if they understand, they probably want to cooperate. You uh-huh. know? But they're not farmers, they don't understand. You right. Know? Yeah, okay. yeah. So, for example, like coffees that we have from West Java, mm-hmm. they already, like, the initial thought behind it was, should I grow tea or should I grow coffee in order to protect the land? Because now... Uh, we need roots, strong roots to support the land. Mm-hmm. We need uh, more to prevent from erosion and balance the, the whole environment situation because there's not much. Mm-hmm. So he decided to do with coffee, for example. So right. that, that's the concept as well of agro, a little so bit about, about agro-first, agroforestry. About or Like they understand, <coughs> okay, this is what's or, happening to our land. Yeah. Um, Re- Revitalizing. Revitalization yeah, of land. Yeah, revitalization yes. of land. So yeah. a lot of your, a lot of the farmers in Indonesia who are educated enough, they are very active in terms of trying to revitalize the land with their farming practices, whether it be through coffee yeah, or yeah. other other practices yeah. like. I tea mean, naturally, the if they do it properly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, not overcrowding and you know they understand about the shade trees and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They'll be it'll be it should be okay, right? Yeah. It should be enough. Yeah. But. Um, yeah, most of them understand. Most of them understand. Yeah. And they will have to think about it. Because they, they have to take it as a very serious thing because mm-hmm. if not, they're not gonna they're gonna lose their yeah. income too. Exactly. Yeah. That's right. So it's a it's, it's a catch twenty two if they don't if they yeah. don't take care of it. Um 
It's how they receive information as well. Some people receive bad information. They start doing completely different thing, and then, mm-hmm. oh, sh- you know, like, yeah. oh, damn, you know, yeah. I mean, I made a mistake, but then yeah. it's gonna be take like five years, yeah, to rebuild. You know, yeah. it's lost it's gonna, time as well. Yeah, yeah. By that time, nobody can help. It's yeah. How do you how do you transition to this? It's mm-hmm. just very difficult. You know. And how do you like think that people listening here who are maybe coffee drinkers? And they do like Indonesian coffee, or they just want to do something that can help people like you who yeah. import this coffee, who try to help the farmers out there from a specific region. Like, what can these people actually do while they enjoy their coffee to help support you guys? Maybe tell a lot of more positive things. I guess not tell only, but first buy coffee from your local coffee shops. Mm-hmm. Uh, whichever origin that is, but in this case Indonesia, then if you you should try it, explore mm-hmm. it. Yeah, you know, taste is very subjective to us. Yep, that's right. We like some people like light roast, some people like medium roast, some mm-hmm. people like dark roast, some mm-hmm. people like decaf. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, you are you make your own decisions. You need to taste, and if you like it, and if you believe in it, invest on that. You mm-hmm. know, because you're you, you want to feel satisfied drinking coffee. I mean, despite uh, whatever origin it is, you know, because yeah. you still, we still, we still need people, a lot more people to drink coffee. Yeah, like learn to appreciate that if you're paying really cheap for a coffee somewhere, okay. um, then you're going to be affecting not just the cafe that's providing that coffee, yeah, but also the farmer or whoever they're buying the coffee yeah. from. Because I'm sure, like you've dealt with people who you want to supply the coffee to. But because the price of yeah, yeah, people yeah, drinking yeah, yeah, coffee yeah. is so much pressure on them, yeah. that pressure is carried on to you. Yeah, and you also know? I guess it's like it's like this, you know. I think the best case scenario, yeah, yeah, best case, the best case scenario. Let's go with that one. Best case scenario. Yeah, yeah. You get coffee at a price of X. Yeah. X can be X plus ten X mm-hmm. or five X yeah. or four X or three X. Yeah. It doesn't matter whether it's 3x or 10x, but Mm -hmm. to sell 3x and 10x is completely different. Mm -hmm. So what I'm saying by that is uh, really understand the product, really Mm -hmm. understand the origin. Because when we communicate coffee, it's not we're communicating purely from a branding aspect or a taste aspect and things like this. You're you're actually delivering message from the land to the customer. If the customer, and we actually as roasters and cafes, who brew the coffee directly to the customer, we have the ability to influence the customer to buy or to feel special on their whatever cup their coffee they're, they're drinking mm-hmm. at that moment, mm-hmm. you know? So I think that's a big responsibility as a retailer or as the person that brews the coffee, that yeah. presents the coffee to reflect what it is all about. Because of the situation of Indonesia, I never really say anything really bad or really snobbish. Mm-hmm about any quality coffee, you uh-huh. know, to a person yeah. that is enjoying their coffee. It's like, you don't, you yeah, know. You just like, ruin it for them. Yeah, like like sometimes my mom like to say, oh, I love Robusta. You're like, in my brain, it's like, are you serious, man? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? You can't fault it because there are still good Robustas out of there. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. still good ones. It's just like the way you prefer it. And then you mm-hmm. think a lot deeper, like, oh, this type of customer loves Robusta because they've been accustomed to coffee that is darker rose, mm-hmm. drink with sugar, yeah. the texture is great. Because Robusta, darker rose with sugar, beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, condensed milk, all that kind of stuff. 
beautiful yeah. you know but if you're drinking pure from a purist perspective where yeah. you just drink quality coffee because the coffee is so well well grown well picked yeah. well produced well sorted well transported yeah. well roasted well brewed yeah you, you're gonna be like you know yeah. you're gonna be a purist about it you're gonna you, right. you can't you cannot it's not you cannot it's hard for you to accept that mm-hmm. because what you're having is this and you try to shift them here yeah but for but i think becoming a f- more flexible drinker understanding all the different products so you can yeah. appreciate it in their f- own form mm-hmm. it's also an equal that's give awesome. give an equal opportunity to all coffee too yeah that's very true yeah because like even the best farm uh-huh. will still have to produce coffee that is commercial grade. right just right. to keep it sustainable. Like uh, it's not keep only keeping it sustainable because yeah. you can never, you cannot have a hundred percent of your coffee farm yeah. producing specialty grade coffee. Right. Like never, this, there's no such thing. You know, <laughs> if someone tells you that, it just, it just, it just right doesn't work face, unless yeah. you have mm-hmm. a farm with only ten trees. Okay, I can, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah it, it's, it's just, it's even, even then, mm-hmm. it's still quite hard because you need a, you need a certain amount. To make uh, of of coffee harvested at the right, always at the right time, yeah. the ripeness level needs to be right. Like you know, I learned something when I was at Mount Tamarine, for example, to yeah. Dan Andrade. Right when it's raining, the actual coffee cherry absorb water. Uh-huh. It's ripe, yeah. but if you pick it and you dry it, you know, or you you process it right away, yeah. it's not going to be as good as when the moisture is less. Right, okay. Because you're going to have the same amount of, probably you're going to have the same amount of sugar brick. Yeah. But then because of the water, mm-hmm. you don't have that. That it's right. The volume increases, uh-huh. so it's diluted and you don't really have that bricks back, you know? Yeah. But if you process something with higher bricks, you have more material, you have more sugar as material, you're promoting better fermentation, yeah. better results, yeah. sweeter, more intense. So th- th- these are so factors. That's, that's probably for the, pu- the purest, the coffee purest, you could say. Yeah, that, that's yeah. for, I think that's also for the farmer to really understand. Okay, yeah, gotcha. Right? Yeah. yeah, to really understand that there's that. Mm-hmm. So how they manage that is what is their KPI, actually. Mm-hmm. You understand? You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it's you can measure a person that is passionate. They will always strive for this little stuff. Yeah, that you extra ten percent. They will work. They will do it. They will do it. Yeah. But also, you from a from a bigger perspective, if you already have a lot of cherries, a lot of coffee trees, mm. you're gonna compensate. Mm-hmm. So out of all those things that you're gonna compensate, is like you're still using proper quality, proper management techniques to extract quality. Yeah. But when your capacity becomes really big, it's just uh, very expensive to do it that way. Where the you know the ten percent guy mm-hmm. in a massive scale, it's yeah. gonna you're not gonna be able to afford the coffee, right? Okay. And then they are not able to afford to do it because the co- there's gonna be waste. So that's why they have a certain region of specialty. That's right. That's why it's manageable. Like, yes. Is that why? Is that? It's like Brazil, for example. Yeah, okay. you, it doesn't mean they're not producing really good coffee. Yeah. They can produce really good coffee, yeah. but there's because it's just so huge. Mm-hmm. No way you can handpick everything, right? Of course, there's no way. Yeah, there's Brazil just no way. is just massive. <laughs> there's just no way. Basically, yeah. you could do handpick everything, and then you need to use the machine because as an owner of that particular, you want to sell everything out. Mm-hmm. So then it's a proportion of uh, your eighty plus coffees, mm-hmm. and then under eighty coffees, mm-hmm. and most of the time, even 
even this is on top of my from my experience mm-hmm. most coffees get downgraded to commercial and versus the one that make it to specialty coffee which whatever green bean size or things like this and yeah, yeah. Um, I think if you can achieve more than like 53% or something around close to the 50% mark for Special, a specialty that's yeah. like amazing you yeah. know and this is already at 98% ripeness like two percent waste yeah two percent waste means when you pick the cherry it's not ripe right so two percent that is unripe out of that total production gives you about that figure of 50 percent mm-hmm. mark of really good ones of 50 percent and Com- another commercial. breakdown of 50 percent of so each 50 percent has its own breakdown yeah yeah so the one that makes above 80 and the one that makes it under mm-hmm. yeah Got so you. the harder you work you're gonna have more Especially, that's, yeah, achieve there's, 80. There's this point of equilibrium where it's like the amount of effort and time it would take becomes inefficient. Yes, but that's stra- that's just like strategy from the farm manager on how to deal with season picking and with all your equipment and stuff and yeah. size. Of course. But what I'm saying is like if you manage that efficiently, you're going to still get a high amount. Sometimes you have a realistic target of 90% ripeness series instead of mm-hmm. 98% in El Salvador. You yeah, know, like okay. in El Salvador, it's like 98%. It's, mm-hmm. it's unreal. Yeah, wow. It's unreal. For, a whole, for the whole for the, the whole season. Yeah, so it's, season. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's tough. Mm-hmm. But it's, like in Indonesia, it's like one to seven. It's not great. Really? You know? One yeah. to seven? Yeah, so from, I think for, for seven cherries, you get one specialty coffee. Really? But the average, I think, is 5.3 or something. Yeah, specialty, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So how do you make it, make that ratio lower through mm-hmm. management and things like that? That's the farmer's work, actually. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, that's the farmer's work. It's deep. So we've gone through a lot about coffee. Now, when it comes to you, like the next, you know, next five, ten years for you. Yeah. What What's your goal with the Q, your business, your, your importing, like... What is wow. it that you want to achieve that if people are listening here, you know, when they buy coffee from you or like obviously we, we can always get coffee from you, like um, what is it that you want to achieve in the next five to ten? Personally, I would like to grow, uh, keep growing, keep promoting Indonesian coffee so people get to buy more coffee from Indonesia, yep. you know, um, being able to grow enough that I every time, you know, I go back the farmers keeps improving their mm-hmm. crop so then it becomes uh, a continuous and sustainable thing for them mm-hmm. um, and hopefully through that small project it influences the younger generation of Indonesian yep. coffee traders Love that. coffee producers coffee farmers to hop into the same path then create a good harmonious you know specialty coffee I love uh, that image in for, for Indonesia and for the world mm-hmm Because they're doing it for the customer, right? They're yeah. doing it for your customer, for my customer, for everyone that drinks coffee. Mm-hmm. So they need to, hopefully, Indonesia can understand a bit about passion mm-hmm. more so move through, what I, through what we do. Yeah, so move them from that survival instinct to let's yeah. work on our passion instinct. Yeah. And then bring that to coffee lovers all over the world. Pretty much. I love it, man. Combine them. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, thanks for coming by, Benji. No I really appreciate no it. Um, if you guys are in the city, come check out sure. the queue um, and look, be on the lookout for some Indonesian coffee and see what you can enjoy from that. 100%. Cool, cool. Cool. Thanks, Luke. That was really good, man.